What's good, people? Welcome to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. <laughs> All kinds of technical difficulties oh my God, started here. Oh man, what a what a great podcast! <laughs> what a fucking night! Oh man, so this is our regularly scheduled Thursday night show. Unfortunately, as regularly scheduled goes, uh, we regularly scheduled this at the same time as three different college football games are happening. So we may or may not be talking about all three of these as we go through the night. And one of them we had to make picks for, and we put them up on X. You can follow us on X, BDT Football on there. I recommend that you do that for events like this, where Western Kentucky is currently playing, and we had to pick that game because it's a rivalry game. They're playing Middle Tennessee State in the 100 Miles of Hate game tonight, which is most most years, this is Western Kentucky's homecoming, but it's not this year. Because so early in the year. It, right. They want to do it later in the year, and uh, Conference USA is a lot different now than it was last year. With conference realignment. So their homecoming this year is against New Mexico State, which is wild. That is not a traditional matchup in the slightest. No. No. And as you saw, if you saw an X, which that had its own technical difficulties for whatever reason, the scheduled tweet, post, whatever, just decided, eh, nah, we're we're not going to go up. It just, I I thought, I'm not going to lie to you, I did this at like four or five in the morning. I was like, well, maybe, maybe I did the big dumb and put it on the 29th, you know, because I was like, oh, it's got to be the next day. No, it just said failed. And then, like, I couldn't go, I couldn't edit shit. The only thing I could do was delete it. And I was like, what's wow. going on? But yeah, I, <laughs> I checked. I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to start promoting this and pumping this tweet up. No, I went and looked and I was like, where the, where is it? Like, I, I, I know I said it right. <laughs> what it a is. great podcast. <laughs> It's been it's so, been a day for sure. Yeah. So as you can tell, it's just me and Bug right now as well. Uh, Tug is out somewhere doing something with some people. That's all you get. And that's what <laughs> happens when you don't have a car when you go places. Yep. <laughs> poor, so he poor. may or may not be joining us at some point. And if he does, that'll be weird. And if he doesn't, that'll be weird too. So it. <laughs> what a... What a day. All right. Wow, what a great oh. podcast. We're all, I mean, we're off to a fiery start here. Let's just, let's be real. Yeah, this is uh, going I, very well I, at the moment. I literally, I got into the, this is this is how it's gone, right? I got into the thing because we, you know, son had football practice, daughter had cheerleading. It's muggy and buggy here in Missouri right now, as is the case in late July, or Jesus, late September. It's September. Yeah, you're off by a couple yeah. months there. That's all right. Woo! I would See? take it being late July, though. I missed out on some I great music festivals in August that I only learned about today. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. So, you know, we got a, we got home, got the kids bathed, and then food came out of the oven. We're good to go. And I sit down. I'm scarfing my food down. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, babe, look at the time. She's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it was... Yeah, it's been it's yeah. been a been a rush for the finish, but we're here. We already picked Western Kentucky versus uh, Middle Tennessee State. We all went with the Hilltoppers because 
we like chicken nuggets more than we like Blue Raiders, whatever the hell that is. And that's looking good so far. It is 17 to 3, and it's almost halftime. So there you go. We're, there you we're go. doing well. So we, you know, there's potential we still get skunked on this, but yeah. there's no bonus points on the line for us in this game. So it's all good. I've had this slide up here for a little bit. If you're interested in knowing the rules, uh, go listen to a previous episode uh, to figure out how we determine points for our games. But just know we're about to go through every ranked matchup at the Division One level. And then, of course, every rivalry, as we've said numerous times already. So what do you say we get straight yeah. into some games here? I, I, before we jump into that, I would also say if you want to pause on the rules, you, know, you can watch this live on Twitch. You can actually pause on that, too, and catch up. Or, you know, like Bug said, he's had it up for a minute here. Or check us out on YouTube where we post all of our episodes. If you're listening to the audio version, you're missing out on some good graphics. Or uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. On some graphics that we put up. <laughs> and uh, it's, it is worth it. So thank you for listening to the audio version. But the video version is better. And it's even better if you catch us live because you can talk to us Mondays and Thursdays on Twitch. Big dudes in the trenches. We If, if, uh, if Tug gets on, uh, hopefully he at least gets on for the links at the end. That's what he's known for at this point. How great would it be if we get all the way to the end? He shows up and we're like, hey, just in time to do the links. <laughs> he would be so mad and it would be, it would be glorious. So let's go ahead and jump to the next slide here where we have our current standings in the Pick'em. We pick so many games every week that this number is blowing up very quickly. But currently, Tug is in the lead. With a whopping 69 points. Nice. Very nice. Uh, also, and Bug is in third with 66. Right? Is that what that says? Or is that 65? 65. I can't read today. You have 66. Yeah. Well, 68 with the bonus points. So that's how close this is right now. Uh, pretty darn close. Yeah, and speaking of 69, shout out to Mr. Potato for following us earlier in the week. You are our 69th follower if you're here with us tonight. Uh, Thank you for showing us love, man. That is beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Somehow Western Kentucky just scored again. With 18 (laughs) seconds left in the second quarter. When I looked up and said we were looking good 17-3, they had just punted it, I thought, to Middle Tennessee State with a a minute left. Must have been a pick six. Uh, no, it was a touchdown pass from Austin Reed, so I don't know what the hell happened. But, okay. The only thing MTSU is catching is herpes. That's that's how it goes. Them's the rules. Well, don't call them the Blue Raiders for nothing. I'm diving <laughs> in them waffles. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, ranked versus ranked matchups. It is, it is not a ranked versus ranked matchup here. Western Kentucky versus Middle Tennessee State. Uh, but we do have several. To discuss ranked versus ranked, go ahead and start us off here on Friday night, tomorrow night, as we're live. Or yesterday. Well, no, or today, if you're you know listening to the audio version. Or yesterday, if you're well, listening to this Saturday morning for some reason. Or a while ago, if you're listening to this in the future. All sorts of options. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about number 10, Utah, at number 19, Oregon State. Oregon State, of course, coming off a loss to Washington State last week. And Utah looking like they're going to get their starting quarterback back in the lineup for the first time this season. 
Cam Rising has been a full participant in practice for two weeks now, and the line suddenly jumped a suspicious couple of points in the middle of the week for seemingly no reason other than I would say Cam Rising is back. I, I would take that as a good indication that Cam Rising is back. And you add into this that Utah's been dominating with their twos and threes and fours all season anyway. Uh, Oregon State coming off of a very emotional loss to uh, Wazoo. I don't I don't think there's any surprise that we're all going with the Utes here. I think there is a some level of surprise just because it is in Corvallis. Like that is quickly becoming a rather tough place to play over the past couple of seasons with Jonathan Smith at the helm. So this is more of a credit to how tough we think Utah is than a, any shot at Oregon State. Like, this is still a good Beavers team in my eyes. That's fair. I think that's fair. It's just they I – don't, I, don't I don't see the home field advantage taking them that far, especially if Cam Rising's back. Well – I obviously agree because I also picked Utah. So <laughs> next up, number 12, North Dakota at number one, South Dakota State. This is not North Dakota State. South Dakota State is North Dakota themselves. The, the Hawks against the Jackrabbits. Uh, we know who they win in real life. They win every day. The Hawks do. Uh, but <laughs> also, interestingly enough, the last game that South Dakota State lost with Mark Gronowski as their starting quarterback was against North Dakota. This game is in South Dakota, though, and I'm willing to put my money on the Jackrabbits defending national champions and have been clearing away the number one team in the country so far this season. You're um, you're you're the champions until you lose. You're a champion yep. until you lose, and that's 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 where I'm going to stand firm on this. Uh, North Dakota could absolutely surprise us. Uh, Tug taking the uh, home away from home pick here. He was never going to take North Dakota, and I don't blame him. I was pretty <clears throat> tempted when I found out that stat that North Dakota was the only team to beat them with Mark Gronowski at quarterback for them. But, uh, yeah, I, I had to go with Jack Rabbits here. They just – yeah, <laughs> there's there's a bit of a gap here in terms of overall team talent uh, looking at this matchup. Next up, talk about gaps in talent level. Uh, didn't help Texas last time they played, but Kansas at Texas is a ranked versus ranked matchup. For the first time in the history of this matchup, both teams are inside the top 25. That's and, uh, yeah, it's, it's in Austin this year, and Texas has the four and five stars. To win on paper, but the Jayhawks are a, are a complete team, so it might be closer I, than some people think. I would consider taking the massive upset if this game was being played in Lawrence, but Texas has been absolutely rolling. They cleaned up a loss that they took last year to Alabama, which they should have won, by the way, and it really did feel like their season kind of took a turn after that. This year, it mm-hmm. seems like that has really kicked, started them, and shot like completely changed their trajectory from pretty good to just you know straight up. Sky's the limit for Texas. I would, I want, I want to get a couple weeks into the conference season. I want to get a couple weeks into Big Twelve conference conference play, but I, I'm feeling really good about Texas this year, which every every Longhorns fan feels good about them every year, right? 
But I think no. this year is legitimately <laughs> going to be different. They say Texas is back after week two every season. So, <laughs> right. That's why I'm going to wait a little bit. Uh, I do believe that the meme potential uh, happened already when they played Rice. That was probably a that was a sneaky, difficult matchup, and Texas could have overlooked them and didn't. So, at this point, I don't see a reality where they overlook Kansas, which is a wild statement if you're looking at this from a couple of years ago. Right. But Kansas is on people's radar at this point. Texas is going to come in motivated to show that they're a legitimate top five team in the country, which so far it's hard to argue. College football is better when Texas is better. That's debatable. I love shitting on them. I, I know you do. <laughs> I know you're in a weird position for it. <laughs> oh, man. But we're all picking Texas, which is three for three. We all pick the same team. Dangerous. Uh, but maybe that doesn't hold up on the next slot because we have three yeah, more ranked yeah. versus ranked matchups. I already spoiled it. So we'll just we'll go yeah. straight back to it. Uh, uh, starting us off here with number four, Idaho, at number 19, Eastern Washington, who has been the surprise team of the big sky so far. Eastern Washington has looked very good early in this season. Uh, only a close loss to North Dakota State and a three-point overtime loss to Fresno State, who is in the FBS top 25 now on as the only blemishes on their record. And Idaho, looking every bit the part of what some people predicted to be a dark horse national championship contender out of the big sky this season. The Vandals playing extremely well. I'm going with the Vandals here purely because I didn't expect this out of Eastern Washington. And at some point, I feel like that's going to fall through. They, yeah. <clears throat> uh, that's fair. They, they do have to come back down to earth, right? Like it's It's bound to happen. But at the same time, I would say that turf that makes your eyes bleed because it looks like it's bleeding is probably as good of a home field advantage as a beer cannon out in the field. So I'm just saying, if this game was in Idaho, I'm taking Idaho for sure. But I am going to give Eastern Washington a bit of an edge here at home. And like you said, they've been playing amazing football this year. Idaho, I'm not sure that they're ready or fully prepared for what they're about to walk into. You say that, but they beat an FBS team 33-6 to this year. They played it very close with Cal through three quarters. And they just beat a former top 10 Sacramento State team last week that we, two of the three of us, picked Sacramento State over Idaho. So it's very possible that this is one of the most battle-tested FCS teams currently this point in the season. I'm willing to bet on the Vandals here. And so is Doug, for the record. Uh, we haven't been shouting out his pick every time, but it's been the same as ours. First slide there, so <laughs> make sure that we do that going forward. <laughs> Next up is a rivalry matchup, the Magnolia Bowl, number 13 LSU at number 20 Ole Miss. And since they're both ranked, they show up here instead of in that rivalry section. Uh you and I are both going with LSU here. What's your take on this? You know, I think Tug is kind of hanging on to 
Brian Kelly can't win in a big game. Uh, and this is going to be a very big stage in Oxford. However, he got it done last week, and this team has looked like it's been improving. I think that loss to open the season to FSU was kind of the wake-up call, like, hey, you're kind of fighting for your job at this point. You can't keep doing this. And it seems to me that LSU has turned it around. And number two, I'm never picking Ole Miss. And number three, Ole Miss <laughs> is the king of the t- choke job. So I've got plenty of reason uh, not to take the Rebels or Black Bears, whatever they are. Black Bears? Yeah, that's their mascot. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's a shark. Who knows? Sometimes it's an old dude in a suit. <laughs> a rebel. Old Reb. Colonel Reb. Yep. Uh, I don't think there's any scenario where the loss to FSU was a fighting for your job moment for Brian Kelly. I mean, he beat Alabama last year. In, in the, Yeah. In the in the sense that it's not as bad of a loss as some people make it out to be, more I would say more in the sense that it's it's just a, a pattern. You know, he can't win the game that he needs to win. He can't win on the big stage, and that's going back to Notre Dame. Uh, the only instance we really have of that at LSU last year was against Florida State, and then this year against Florida State, like. The other losses that he has, nobody really expected him to go out and beat Georgia, so right. it's fine. I don't, I don't really see that storyline as much as you and Tugger both trying to push it. I don't feel it. I'm going with LSU here. I simply because of that. I don't buy into that storyline, and I do think LSU can rise to the occasion, even with Brian Kelly. It's still not his his recruited in spite team of Brian yet, Kelly. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to get worse here in a couple of years. Don't worry. Oh, man. Next up, Notre Dame at Duke. First time that college game day will be at Duke ever. For uh, football. For football. That is that is very true. Also, the first time Notre Dame and Duke have met as ranked opponents, uh, both inside the top 25. That's probably true of everybody that Duke faces as they are ranked this year. <laughs> I mean, come on. I would, I would say so. Uh, when's the last time Duke was a football school? The answer is it hasn't happened before. So very exciting for the Blue Devils. I am going against the grain here. I'm trying to I'm trying to side with Duke. I know I'm a little bit nuts. I want you to take this first, and I'll try to explain myself here <laughs> in a second. But you have the more traditional stance on this. I will grant you. Take as- another name here. Yeah, Tug and I are taking Notre Dame, and as long as they show up with eleven men on defense, I think they'll be in good shape. It should they should look at their ranking and just be like, "Oh, that's how many are on the field." <laughs> well, the AP's allowed to play with seventeen. Be, <laughs> the AP's doing them all kinds of favors. They're like, you know what? We're gonna make sure this doesn't happen again. You're number eleven. <laughs> well, it's happened to two different opponents now. Ohio State and against Tennessee State. So Notre Dame just can't get out of their own way. No, I am taking or Duke in the here. offense's way. Yeah. Uh, there is a – I'm a – let me start with this. I am a documented and known Notre Dame hater. So, so feel free to take this with a grain of salt if you want to. But I, I 
am trying to take this objectively, and I'm picking Duke, and here's why. I see a very disconcerting pattern with Marcus Freeman so far. I know it's only been a little over a year, but we have seen Notre Dame get very up for a game emotionally and crash very hard. It's to remember the Titans quote, but attitude for that leadership, Captain. So at some point, I got to think some of that falls on Marcus Freeman. And I've seen that in him out of his press conferences and things where he's, he comes across as very strong emotionally. He is very emotionally invested in things. And especially after a big-time loss, they just can't get out of their own way. We've seen it a couple of times already. It is very, very possible it happens again after the heartbreaking way that they lost to Ohio State in South Bend last week on a last-second play where they messed up and everybody's saying that they should have won if they had only done things the way that they were supposed to and had done all game up to that point. Yeah, so two plays in a row. If they come out with that emotional letdown, that makes this game close. What sets it over the top for me is not the fact that Duke's at home. I don't know that they really have a big home field advantage. It is still Duke we're talking about here. Duke has a history of beating Sam Hartman. That's true. Last year, Sam Hartman threw for almost 370 yards and three touchdowns and still lost to Duke when he was at Wake Forest. Uh, Yeah, that was at Wake Forest, though. All right. I do understand that that was Wake Forest and not Notre Dame. There is a talent differential at most positions. But Duke's not going to be afraid of Sam Hartman in the way some teams could be because he's a six-year starter who has a ton of experience and a ton of really good football under his belt. Duke's not going to shy away from it. So I I see a couple of factors here that want me to take the upset, and I do hate Notre Dame, so I'm picking Duke. That's that's right. I I am a massive Sam Hartman fan, and I, I will counter what you're saying about Marcus Freeman to the leadership of Sam Hartman in that locker room as well. Sure. So I, I'm going to give, again, Notre Dame that edge because of Sam Hartman. I think he's the X factor that kind of changes a lot of things around this Notre Dame team this year. And I can't wait for to see him in a Hallmark movie. He looks perfect for that. Oh, man. <laughs> he really does. Next up, all of our rivalry matchups. We have a lot of them this week. Very big rivalry week. Starting us off, a game that we've already talked about. It is halftime now, 23-3, to Western Kentucky. That does not mean anything. Middle Tennessee State can absolutely come back and skunk us on this. Yeah. It it very well could happen. Uh, but the first one on Saturday is the Southwest Classic Arkansas at Texas A&M. Noon Eastern SEC Network. Uh, it's a... It's a shame this one's going to be on the SEC network because this is this has been grown into a fantastic game and a fantastic rivalry. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the the first time in a while it hasn't just been at Jerry World down in uh, Dallas too, huh? That it probably actually is. I probably messed up here because that makes too much sense. And 
I didn't verify that. So <laughs> Texas A&M is considered the home team, but it probably is an AT&T. I'm, I'm going with Arkansas because I'm not forsaking the, the Razorbacks. They've let me down twice, but I think they're going to pull through on this one. I do understand you and Tug going with Texas A&M because if I was picking this objectively, it would have been a much harder decision. Uh, I do like how Texas A&M has slowly started to turn things around, especially after the thumping they just gave Auburn. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, again, they're they're falling back into the old Razorback ways of, we're going to get you right on the doorstep. Somebody do something to get us over the edge, because I don't know what we can do it ourselves. Yeah, and because of all that, I'm going with Texas A&M. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah, want to see... Only thing I'm rooting for in this game is for Bobby Petrino to pull the ultimate ultimate joke and show up in a neck brace. <laughs> oh. It's not going to happen, but it would be hilarious. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, next up. <laughs> Eastern Michigan at Central Michigan. At 1.30 on ESPN Plus. Doesn't even make it to network television. Maction is back, baby. We got some great, great Maction coming your way with the Eagles and the Chippewas. This is part of a three-way rivalry, of course, with their other directional brethren, Western Michigan up there. Uh, so we'll be seeing a couple more of these over the course of this season. Tucker and I are going with the Chippewas. What are you thinking with... Emu over here. I think uh, I think rivalries are unpredictable, and I didn't want to just default to the home team in every single one of these. Um, especially when there's there's a gap on what I know about them. I know traditionally Eastern Michigan has been the worst of the three, but in the last couple of years, it seems like they've slowly taken that mantle of if not second best, taking it to all the way to the best, whereas Western, Western Michigan has fallen off uh, in the past couple of years as well. So we're going to see what they can do against the Chippewas. I'm going with Eastern Michigan, though. I understand that from a historical standpoint, and recent recently Eastern Michigan has not looked that bad. But, man, if they look bad for the first part of this season, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's – the only reason I'm going with Central Michigan, not that they've looked great, but man, Eastern Michigan's looked bad start this season. <laughs> <laughs> but it is well, a rivalry game, and it will probably it'll probably go to eight overtimes because that's what Maction does. God, please. We we do know one team that's <laughs> looked shitty to start the season will look shitty all year, and it's not gonna yeah. change playing the Brown Bears. Yeah, Colgate at Cornell this weekend. A very long-standing rivalry. Colgate has been shitting the bed for a long time, and we're predicting it, that will continue. Cornell, uh, not the greatest of the Ivy League teams, but probably ought to be good enough to win this one. <laughs> probably. Hopefully. At this point, we all picked Cornell. Uh, that would be that'd be pretty rough. <laughs> This next one, though, Houston at Texas Tech, 330 Eastern on FS2, because soon enough we'll have an FS8, the Ocho. Oh, uh, be incredible. Houston at Texas Tech, 
when Houston was still in the American and they started playing Texas Tech again, it became a pretty big game for Houston every year. And now it's a conference game, and Texas Tech continues to disappoint. The, I, Houston's been bad this year too, but Texas Tech has completely shit the bed every single turn that they've had. There were people outside of uh, Lubbock for once saying, hey, Texas Tech might have a squad this year, and they've gone and proven everybody wrong. Problem is, yeah. Houston doesn't exactly have a squad either. So Houston's going to win it because reasons. Uh, unfortunately for this podcast, I was one of those people who jumped on the Texas Tech bandwagon for a short time there this summer. I fully regret that decision <laughs> and I'm picking Houston in this game. Also of note, uh, Tyler Shock is out for the season. He got hurt in the first quarter last week. Texas Tech oh, fuck, just doesn't have a quarterback now. Uh, and Tyree Wilson, top 10 pick in last year's draft, has a 0.00% quarterback pressure rate, uh, even though he's started every game so far for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, that is perfectly indicative of how the Red Raiders play football <laughs> this season. So, of course, Tug is going with the Red Raiders. Yes, and he's probably going to be right because it's a rivalry game and wild stuff happens, and that's why we love college football. But, <laughs> objectively, Houston should win this game. <coughs> uh, next up, the Purdue Cannon, Illinois at Purdue. Uh, on your favorite 330, network, Yeah, 330 Eastern on the cock. That's Peacock for all the uninitiated. <laughs> I can't believe you or Tug would take Purdue at this point. The spoiler makers, as you like to say, have have let both of you down on separate occasions on this very podcast. I am fully aware. You know who else has let me down on this podcast? <laughs> Illinois. Fighting Illini, yeah. <laughs> and I don't trust and either of them. They let you down at the shoe when you were like seven. Uh, yeah, I was older than seven. It was 2007, and it sucked, and I cried. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and then, all right, so that, that was Juice Williams, of course, for the all those who don't loose. Juice Williams was a quarterback for Illinois. Just the first time Ohio State had ever seen a running quarterback, apparently, in Ohio State's history. First time that ever played against a quarterback who could scramble is – the only explanation for that game. <laughs> then Juice Williams had that phenomenal season. He then became a youth pastor and he spoke at my church after I had moved to Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was torn between getting in a fist fight with him or getting his autograph. And so I just <laughs> didn't talk to him. That's what ended up happening. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I never knew the second part of that story until just now. <laughs> that was genuine. So this game, Illinois-Purdue, the Purdue Cannon, uh, I literally flipped a coin. I don't trust either of these teams. So that's actually what happened. I flipped a coin. I ended up with the home team. I'm cool with that. It's probably going to be Illinois because – Fuck me fuck with you, both that's these why. teams this year. That's how that's, that's gone. Uh, 
Next up, Georgia at Auburn, the Deep South's oldest rivalry. And Auburn fans, with all the copium in the world, have long called this their actual biggest rival and not Alabama in the Iron Bowl uh, because they can't win against Alabama as consistently as they do against Georgia in like the past 30 years. But also the past couple of years, Georgia has been national champions and Auburn is not. So <laughs> we're all picking Georgia. Number one, Georgia against unranked Auburn, who is still very much neck deep in a rebuild, doing pretty well on the recruiting trail, not so much on the field as of yet. Yeah, they just got their shit packed in by Texas A&M last week. Yeah. So I'm just saying. <laughs> and they almost got tackled by Jimbo himself. <laughs> oh, no, just a beautiful play. <laughs> by Jimbo Fisher. Last yeah, right. but not least on our rivalry matchups, I don't think we have another slide, do we? We've got uh, we do. We do. Oh, we do. Jesus. Yeah. So we have I mean, plenty of rivalries this week. Let's go down to the SES level. Tennessee State at number 22, UT Martin, the Sergeant York Trophy. Uh, you know, they might not have a, a accredited university program in a lot of different areas, but uh they've They've got a, they, a decent football team. They have a ranked football team, and that's what matters. Uh, this is actually a three-way rivalry. We will see this again, the Sergeant York Trophy, when one of these teams plays Tennessee Tech. Uh, but this is the first leg of it, Tennessee State at UT Martin, and we're all picking the Skyhawks. Uh, Tennessee State seems to not have it all together just yet. Their only loss so far in the season is to Notre Dame which you can't blame them for. But still, it's not like they've played the greatest of competition just yet. It feels like the first real test for them. And we're all picking UT Martin. Uh, I love Eddie George, if you couldn't guess from, I don't know, all of the evidence over the past few years of listening to the podcast. Uh, but Mike Jones, I do have to pick against him. He was short. He did not win that Super Bowl for your beloved Titans. That's fine. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> All right. Now for the actual final slide of rivalry matchups. Four more to go here. Starting us off with the State Fair Classic. This one is in Dallas, Texas. I did look this one up. That might be why Texas a and or Texas Tech and Houston aren't playing down there. Possibly, uh, Grambling State against Prairie View A and M at the State Fair in Texas. Uh, I don't believe they, either of these teams have been all that great the past couple of years. Are they going to be playing at the Cotton Bowl? I didn't look that deeply, man. <laughs> if they're playing at the State Fair, I feel like it's out the Cotton Bowl because next week we probably get. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma at the State Fair, right? Dude, you're asking questions that I didn't research, <laughs> and it's making me look bad. The Dougopedia um, is, is loading. There's there's some buffering. Those technical difficulties we were talking about. I am struggling. I will say, though, Tug and I are taking Grambling State, and that could just be on the you know, the arm of what they've been able to do. I know the band plays a little bit of a factor into it for me. The, uh, you know, the, the human jukebox out there, 
But Prairie View A and M, I this is not a shot at them. Uh, but who the fuck are they? Nobody really knows, and I think that's why we're going with Grambling State here. Yes, it is in the Cotton Bowl. First of all, second of all, they beat their other rival Texas Southern already this season, which makes me feel good about them. And Hugh Jackson sucks, so I'm picking against Grambling State just as much as I am picking for Prairie View A and M right now you just hate Hugh Jackson that much yeah pretty much that's where I'm at and no uh Bedlam is not next week it is November 4 I'm so confused anyway that's that's all I know not Bedlam the Red River River rivalry right that's the one for uh for Texas and OU Bedlam uh, uh yep Okay. Bad brain. Bad brain uh, Red, moment. Red River is October seven. So yeah, next uh, week. Yeah, next week. Nice. Uh, nice. My brain's working and yours isn't. This is a first, dude. I, I'm not awake at the moment. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, I got one thing to say about this game, and one thing only: go Cox. I have no hope, but go Cox. That is. Splendid. Thank you for that contribution. South Carolina at number 21, Tennessee. Tennessee busting out the black and orange uniforms, who even Bug admitted in the Discord that they look fine as hell, and they absolutely do. I very much approve when Tennessee busts out the black in the uniforms or the alternate Smoky Mountain uniforms. Those also look very, very nice. Uh, But... This is a rivalry game, and it doesn't have a dumbass name like fourth weekend in September or something stupid. So at least we can give Tennessee props for not naming this one. It's... <laughs> I I would love to take Tennessee. I just won't. I refuse. Uh, I'm surprised you even said you'd love to take them. That's, that was wild. Uh, they, talking about taking Tennessee, though. That's where we're at. Next up, yeah, let's just move on. Yep, <laughs> I can't. I can't gather my my thoughts enough. The battle for the Golden Horseshoe, number twenty-one, UC Davis at Cal Poly. We're all taking UC Davis here. Cal Poly hasn't been good for a while, and they need to change their freaking logo. Because it's just a CP and it annoys crap out of me. <laughs> Get a different logo, please, for the love of everything in the world. Just hanging out there with a big CP on your helmets, not a good look. You're the Mustangs, use a damn horse, please. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so much better for everyone. <laughs> and uh, look look who's here. He's He's here. He made it. Unreal. Just in time to talk about Alabama at Mississippi State, one of the most one-sided rivalries in the history of college football. The battle for Highway 82. And shockingly, we're all going with Alabama. This one's not even close. I, I don't care. This one's not close. That is it's, accurate. It is shocking to me that I I can't really even think of too many years where 
Alabama Mississippi State has been a oh it's going to be one or the other Dak Prescott yes. whereas even that was even heavy then Alabama but even then it's uh it's been heavy Alabama yet the most one-sided rivalry of all time Bedlam is talked about ad nauseum as it's going to be a good matchup it could be anybody's game and it rarely ever is yeah, so if, if you're not in the Discord, you're missing out on this, but I did a, a little research earlier in the week. Dougapedia was working earlier in the week. It does work. <laughs> we have evidence. <laughs> uh, but I was looking for the most one-sided rivalries of all time. And it is not that uncommon of knowledge at this point that Bedlam is the most lopsided rivalry of all time. Oklahoma leads that one. 91 to 19 to 7 all time. Uh, but Alabama Mississippi State is second on that list with Alabama leading the series 85 to 18 to 3 all time. That is uh, not a good look for Mississippi State. Even when Alabama was having down years, they they it was a guaranteed win practically against Mississippi State. It's just it's it's insane. I do want to say the last time that anyone actually gave Mississippi State a chance to win it, even before the game started, uh, would probably have been 2014. That was the Dak Prescott season when Mississippi State was the number one team in the inaugural college football playoff rankings. Number one in the country, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Good Uh, for them. Good for them. And then they lost to Alabama. As one does. Immediately. They had oh, one man. taste of greatness. <clears throat> but yeah, we're all picking Alabama. That's that's that. So, of course, we all have our own games of the weekend. Started off with Bug. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to start off with uh, an SEC matchup. Number 22, Florida at unranked Kentucky. This one's kicking off at noon Eastern on ESPN. The Gators have surprised me since that game against Utah. They really have. They've come back in a lot of ways that I don't think anybody really expected them to. I think everybody saw that Utah game and said, oh, this is Florida. This is who they are this year. And that doesn't seem like it's been the case. Meanwhile, Kentucky hasn't really had a big test this year, and this is going to be their first one. I understand giving Kentucky Kentucky the benefit of the doubt because – I would doubt Florida still too, but after seeing what they did against Tennessee, I'm fully back in on Florida. So my my thing here uh, is more against Kentucky than it is in favor of Florida. I still have questions with Devin Leary. He has not looked what we expected him to look like, and that's going to be a huge knock. If he comes out and plays an A game, I will not be surprised if Kentucky takes this. I just am not predicting that at this time, so I'm going to go ahead and take Florida on this one. I agree with all that. I'm taking Kentucky because it's because that's where I'm at. The homer pick, I like it. I approve. Fall school, baby. Let's go. There it is. (laughs) My next game is going to be 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus, VMI at Mercer. Now, I did not actually take this one to pick on Tug and show his, you know, let his love for Senior Military Academy shine through. I'm just confused uh, I was, where this started. I was just looking through these 
the games on the FCS side, and I saw this one. And Mercer has horribly underperformed all year, I feel like. So, of course, we're all going with the Bears. The problem is, the reason this game was intriguing to me is that VMI has outperformed everything this year. I'm kind of surprised nobody's willing to take the key debts. However, here we are. This one, I think, is prime for a meeting. Look, this is a get-right game for Mercer. It has all the makings of it. I mean, I understand that their season's not going the way they thought it was, but this this is where they could get somewhat back on track. I think they take advantage of it. I think they do that, especially at home. Yeah, there's zero chance in hell that I ever trust the key debts with anything. So, Except to be – no, there's – Except to be Davidson. That's the only thing we learned. Well, I didn't trust him then either, and that was my fault. So I, I'm still on that. I don't I trust him for anything, apparently. Uh, I'm not picking them again in the future against Davidson either. Fuck that. I probably would. <laughs> I don't trust him at all. I'll, for take, any I'll take the free point. Next up, in a first ever matchup between the two teams, two teams that have been vying to get into a Power 5 conference for quite some time, have been the talk of the group of five level for several years uh, with each taking the lead uh, at different times throughout that span. Boise State at Memphis going on at that same 4 p.m. Eastern time slot. You can catch this one on ESPN2. Memphis is at home. This game will be replayed again, I believe, in 2025 on the Smurf turf in Boise, Idaho. Because Memphis is going to be at home, I'm going to take the Tigers. This one is not uh, a biased fan pick here. I really liked what I saw from Memphis in that game against Mizzou. Now, they had some penalties, like I talked about last week, that they've got to clean up. And Seth Hennigan still has some stuff to learn at quarterback. But Blake Watson has been insane running the ball this year. And I do have a lot of faith in Seth Hennigan, despite his missteps last week. If they can get the penalties on second and third down cleaned up, this Memphis team is going to be tough to beat and especially tough to beat for Boise uh, in their first trip to the Liberty Bowl. So when I look at these teams, I look at two teams that all year have been very hot and cold, but on opposite weeks. When Memphis plays well, Boise State really doesn't look that good. When Boise State plays well, Memphis really doesn't look that good. Boise State looked good last or uh, Boise State looked like trash last week. Memphis looked really good last week. I'm going to take the flip-flop here. I'm going to take Boise. I really do think this is a toss-up of a game. Uh, I probably expect this to be a three, probably about a three-point game. I'm going to go ahead and take the Broncos here, change it up a little bit, prevent the uh, prevent the skunk. Uh, the line is three points, but it is in favor of Memphis. Forget this being the first-ever matchup between Boise State and Memphis. This is the first-ever game for Boise State in the state of Tennessee in its entirety. That is very cool. Love that. Uh, <laughs> probably be the last time they travel down south because they're going to get their ass handed to them. They're going to retreat back north like love the scared it. little Broncos yep. they are. I love it. And it's going to be very interesting to see uh, in two years what the conference landscape looks like if both these teams are still in these group of five conferences or potentially going to be, be in the Pac-12. Yeah, potentially could be a conference matchup in two years. So who knows what's going to happen here? I'm I've been excited about this one since this series was announced probably three years ago. Now that I think about it, uh, this this game is has all the makings of an instant classic for both teams. I got clicked yeah, back on there. 
All right, my games of the weekend, starting us off with South Alabama at James Madison. I understand if somebody wanted to go with South Alabama because JMU's been flying by the seat of their pants this entire season. They should have lost to Virginia. They pulled that out somehow, magically. Uh, They should have lost all of their games, actually, if you look at how it started in the fourth quarter, and they just find a way to sneak out a victory. Uh, They are currently 12-3 and as members of the FBS. Wild, because all those one-score games have, like, all gone their way. Uh, I still believe in the South Alabama defense to a considerable extent. I know it hasn't done me too many favors so far south alabama is two and two so far this season but man i have a lot of faith in that jaguars team especially on the defensive side of the ball and if you can find a way to stop jmu for all four quarters instead of just three of them (laughs) you're gonna win because uh they've let themselves be stopped for three quarters in basically every game so far this season so I just I expect the Duke's luck to run out at some point. For some reason we are all picking JMU still. <laughs> I Which, this this could be completely me. completely incorrect thinking. But I've seen South Alabama play enough to know that they are not a fantastic team. They don't have a rich football history there. The best thing about them, I said it in our in our private little chat there. Their fans chant USA only because it's University of South Alabama. And that's beautiful. They've got a beautiful new stadium. I think they are on the road to building something. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get it done against JMU on the road. Doug, you already said the points I hit is JMU finds a way to win. I like those teams. They make the stops when they have to. Yeah, they're slow to start the game. Sometimes it takes them three quarters. But when you go to a team that plays the fourth, keeps the game close enough through three quarters – and then comes out and lights it on fire in the fourth quarter. That's something special in and of itself. I I cannot go against the Dukes here. A name to look forward to in the offensive prospect preview series is very much a potential LaDamian Webb showing, running back for South Alabama. Love that guy. Uh, I'm picking JMU for some reason, so that's where we're at. I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, next up, Youngstown State at Northern Iowa. Youngstown State Going is ranked can. number 22, but they are at one of the most difficult places to play in all of the FCS, which we've said a couple times this season, but Northern Iowa still is kind of pedestrian so far this year. Theo Day has not seemed to be able to really turn it on. Probably doing very well in the Detmer ratings. Shout out to the Sickos committee if you know what that is then you're a legend. Uh, if you don't know what it is, I'm not explaining it. That's where we're at. I'm going with the Penguins here because I believe in that offense to such an extent. I perceive these defenses as pretty darn similar. I would give the edge to Youngstown State on the offensive side of the ball, so I'm picking the Penguins. Yeah, I, I'm going to give you an idea, at home. That's really what it comes down to. I do – I would much rather take Youngstown State. It feels like that's a safer pick to take. But this is a Missouri Valley Conference game 
UNI is at home. This is the type of game that they show up for. I'm going to take UNI here. Look, I get that. I just think uh, Youngstown State's a more complete team across the board. You give me that, in a, especially in a conference matchup, I'm going to take the more complete team. Well, speaking of conference matchups, I have two Sunbelt conference matchups on this slide. And the second of those is Coastal Carolina at Georgia Southern. Oh, man, this I've, I'm wearing a Coastal Carolina hat. And as much as I love the Chanticleers, or used to love them with Jamie Chadwell to helm, what Tim Beck has done to this team is an abomination, and he should be burned at the stake. This is gross. <laughs> the Coastal Carolina is not the same. But they are still pretty dang talented. It's just the style of play is completely different. And I don't trust in the Chanticleers right now. Uh, they are defending East Division champions by default because JMU was ineligible last year. <laughs> but God damn it. Georgia Southern with Clay Helton looked very good last year and is looking pretty good again so far this season. I'm going with the Eagles mostly because of how much it pains me to see what Coastal Carolina looks like right now. Look, the X factor in this game for me is going to be Grayson McCall. Does he finally get back to looking what he had been looking like? Did I get his name right, or did I miss? Mc- you did. McCall. I just okay. have have no. I don't see any possible way he gets back to what he looked like before, because I, they used to run a very interesting and exciting version of the triple option, and they don't do that anymore. And they're trying to force him into a pro style offense, and he doesn't look good in that because he's not a pro quarterback. No, and, and that's fine. But what I'm saying is, I'm looking for him to at least take a step in that direction here. I know Georgia Southern's been been doing really well this year. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I really don't have a good reason, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chanticleers here. I have this problem in fantasy football too, where I I you tend to not want to get I tend to not want to get <laughs> with the times. Uh, and I am stuck in the past thinking Georgia Southern's not that great, and Coastal Carolina is this amazing team. I'm going to ride with it. They almost stick here with Coastal Carolina. I know they've been struggling. I did consider taking Georgia Southern. It, I did, it, too. This, this was a tough pick for me, uh, but I decided to go with the Chanticleers here. And I think it's going to be a great game, so I understand why it was a tough pick, but I, I have to go with the Eagles. Everything you said makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> and yet we disagree <laughs> love it all right. all right guys i'm starting us off this week with a little conference action of my own some like a little conference action going on out here between buffalo traveling down to akron like both of these teams do not look great this year it's been a rough year i think they have a combined one win between the two teams that's going to make this game more fun i think and it was a three-point win against morgan state Love it, love it. Look, no, actually, I, they have they have two wins because oh, no, no, no. One's zero and four. One is one and three. I could have sworn. No, you're right because they they lost to Indiana. Akron took them to four overtimes last week yes. and couldn't seal a deal. You're right. Yeah, yeah, correct. Cool. Right. So, so like <laughs> when I'm looking at this, it's kind of disgusting. Uh, but I love it. It's going to be nasty, old, good old Maction on a Saturday. We're not getting Tuesday Maction here. We're getting Saturday at noon 
Maction. I'm taking Buffalo. I think this game could go either way. So I'll take the road team for fun. Yeah, this game is where it belongs on ESPN+. Plus. You have to really try to watch this game, which I will do because it is going to be great. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I'm going with the Zips because they're at home. Hey, send it. I'm going with the Zips because they're a kangaroo team. And also because this is a legitimate reason why I picked Akron. Uh, Have you guys ever played Retro Bowl? Yes. Uh, Retro Bowl College just dropped. It's been out for like a couple weeks. And I have been playing the shit out of Retro Bowl College. And my first team, I picked the Akron Zips as head coach A.J. Hawk. We have three-peated national championships out of the MAC. <laughs> Love it. Retro Bowl College is downloading right now. <laughs> Hell yeah. It is incredible. I also took SIU to a national championship. Uh, Go dogs. play as either FBS or FCS schools. They're all in there. It is wonderful. It. Not all sponsored. Right, I just love it so much. <laughs> All right, my next one, my next two picks really are homer picks for me. You got my home state going head to head against another smaller school in my home state. Uh, I'm taking Rhode Island in this one. Brian, how the fight in the 15 square feet that is Rhode Island? How can they fit a football field, let alone two colleges? Hold on, there's a third college that also has a football field. I, I know there is, it makes no sense. They're stacked on top of each other. This is three dimensions. Okay, hold up. Hold up. You just came up with a new business idea. I'm all in on multi-level football. Like, I thought you were going to say vertical cities. I was like, this is not an original idea. No, 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 no. I'm thinking like vertical stadiums. Like I could have three different football games going on at once. This is the, to be the architect designing that. Yeah, that's this not the, my job. The 3D chess of football <laughs> would take some next level coaching. I think the only people who could handle that are Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. <laughs> um, but no, so Rhode Island does look like a good team, but Bryant has been giving some teams fits for no reason this year. This could be a really good game. And again, these two teams are very, very familiar with each other. They're a whole 45 minutes away from each other. Uh, they're, I'm surprised Impossible. this is not a rivalry, to be it's honest. It's a 45-minute elevator ride to the next level of the building. You asked for that one. I did. I did. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with all this. Uh, but looking down our list here, uh, Doug and I are taking the Rams. Ben's taking the Bulldogs. Ben, I'm assuming you're just being a contrarian here. What do you have? No. I, Rhode Island, I feel like, has kind of been exposed. I think everybody has the playbook on how to beat them, and I'm not giving too much of a home field advantage to Rhode Island either. No. I think no. they're starting – I think they're starting to come back down to earth, and I do think Bryant has a little more to, the, to show than what they've done so far this year. Yeah, I would definitely say there is no home field advantage here. The crowd will be about 50-50. The other 50% of the stadium will be empty. 50 people and 50 people for both teams. <laughs> I was going to say, like, maybe that's where Notre Dame's 11th man is. Oh, (laughs) all right. My next one is a homer pick. Uh, This game always scares me every year. I'm not a huge fan of playing San Diego State. Uh, This is also a good litmus test for Air Force uh, going into conference play. It's going to give a a true gauge of where they're at, even though San Diego State does not look the greatest this year. I'll be honest. Uh, But it is always a challenge for Air Force to play San Diego State. Both teams are very 
familiar with each other. And San Diego State historically does a good job of slowing down Air Force's rushing attack. I'm still taking the Falcons in this one. I see you guys are too. What you got? I just want to say we're all picking Air Force. Yes. And if we get skunked on this one, I'm not going to put a skunk on the slide. I'm going to put a blue falcon on the slide. Approved. Absolutely approved. You mean their mascot? <laughs> no, our mascot's a white falcon. Blue falcon. <laughs> their oh, mascot is a bird? regular falcon. Are you, are you talking about the bird? Yeah, the, bird, the bird is blue. Is a blue falcon. Is, yeah, because, yes, you are correct. The bird is blue. A blue yeah. falcon. That is the species of falcon that they chose as a mascot. That is it what is what the so academy trains the best of. Oh, man. That is... We're all picking Air Force uh, for the reason that you said. San Diego State just doesn't ha- hasn't looked that good this year. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, and here's another great stat uh, involving Air Force, but also Army and Navy. All three wow. of the FBS service academies have had 100 yard plus passing games more recently than Auburn has. So, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, that might happen again here, and I, I would not bet on 100-plus passing yards for Auburn this week. So Not it's... not me looking for Mason real quick in my phone book to, to text him that. <laughs> All right. So that Take a little is trip games. to Detroit Rock City, everybody. Yeah, speaking of Detroit, they're whooping the Packers right now. I'm. Yeah, there's one thing in the world that could make me harder than I am right now. The Bears and actually showing up to play a football game? Nope, it's wife. hockey related. Oh. Oh, okay. My wife's up there too. <laughs> she just doesn't quite crack the top three, but she's up there. I'm not I'm not changing this into a hockey podcast. I'll tell you guys later. Okay. Uh we are turning this into a Jackrabbits podcast for a moment. I here. like this. I Isaiah that. Davis is my offensive prospect to watch this week. Very potentially a day three pick at running back. Uh, kind of how these things go. If you do pretty well at the FCS level, you get consideration in like the seventh round. And that's where Isaiah Davis might end up here. It's a very real shot at making it too. Because not only is he good at running the ball, consistently averaging more than seven yards a carry over the past couple of seasons, uh, but also he's pretty good at receiving the ball out of the backfield. Uh, you may notice, if you're looking at the slide here, his stats don't really look that good this this season so far. That's because they haven't needed to play him in, like, anything but the first quarter of their games so far this season. <laughs> I would say that that changes against North Dakota this week, and Isaiah Davis should see a pretty big workload against the Hawks. And I believe he can handle it because every time they've handed him the ball – more than 20 times in a game they have won and he has done very well. So I'm willing to bet that Isaiah Davis gets a nice chunk of the workload and probably puts up two or three touchdowns this week is what I'm hoping to see. And as a 6'1", 220-pound running back, that is some exciting old-school football. And I want to watch it. That's where I'm at. I love it. I love it. It's also I, it's not entirely fair for me to say every time they give them the ball 20-plus times that they win because they've won 
almost every game for the past couple of years. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but it's not wrong. <laughs> Defensive side of the ball. A defensive prospect to watch this week is McKinley Jackson with two N's in McKinley. What a f- name. Uh, also, what a massive individual. I yeah, f- this to wear the number three. Like, that is such a small number for that such a big dude. Awesome. He <laughs> just changed it this season. He was number 35. Not that is worse. Never mind. Even, I'm glad no, he's that's number better. three now. <laughs> 35 is way better. What are we talking about here? <laughs> 35 yeah. is an ugly number. But he is six foot two, 325 pounds, looks every bit of it. Uh, and this picture I loved because the only strategy to block this man, according to the New Mexico State Lobos in this picture, is to throw your body at him and hope to redirect his momentum. And that, <laughs> that worked that on this a play. Lot of momentum to turn direction if you do successfully do that. Uh, yeah. So he's a defensive tackle. The stats are not ever going to look that great if you're a defensive tackle, unless your name's Aaron Donald and you can just happen to win every blocking assignment ever. Uh, That's not any other defensive tackle in the history of playing defensive tackle. So stats aren't going to look that great necessarily, but what he lacks in recordable stats, he makes up for in stuffing up the entirety of the defensive line. And also you have to consider This is one of the most talented defensive lines we have ever seen in college football. And I know that sounds ridiculous because it is Texas A&M. Look at their recruiting classes the past couple of years and how much money they've poured into that defensive line. We all know it. We can't can't avoid it. It's true. The fact that he is the definitive defensive tackle in this rotation and just eats the middle of the field on every play should tell you something about how good he is as a defensive tackle. Probably right now you're looking at early day three kind of a guy though. Most likely that stems from him not being that much of a pass rusher. I'm okay with that when you have a guy who can just stand there and eat like three blocks at once. So (laughs) I want to see how, how he's able to do that. And if he can actually get some production against an Arkansas offensive line who really hasn't performed that well this season, KJ Jefferson has had to it's it's been the times. it's been the injuries too. So I, I do wonder if maybe yep. we see him get some more stats this week too. Yep. And if if Texas AM records multiple sacks in this game, that'd be impressive. Would, would be impressive. Because they all started with one, uh, but if so, they might uh, collect a few. That's scary. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Grab, grab, twist the goal, baby. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but what I was originally going to say is, if they record multiple sacks in this game, I would not at all be surprised if I end up coming back and saying I attribute at least half of those to the work McKinley Jackson's doing up front, even if he wasn't the one actually grabbing the quarterback. So I want to watch this game for that specifically. He might not have grabbed the quarterback, but he did twist and pull the quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. 
big dude in the trenches. Gonna watch Very the trench big work dude. this week on SEC Network. So that's oh. that's why I pay the big bucks for TV so I get all the networks. but that is all the time that we have for the show unless of course we have some add-ins from the peanut gallery over here bug and tug look guys i will apologize for being late but we went to a and i quote upscale casual restaurant and the food was delicious i have no regrets wendy's central central it's i don't know it's just called central Central Barbecue is all the way up in Memphis. That's a long nope. drive. No, nope, this is not Central Barbecue. That's depressing. I would have been impressed if I made it back in time, though. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Dude, while you're in Alabama, I know yes. it's going to be a little bit of a drive. I highly right. recommend going to Auburn uh, because Auburn, Alabama has like three things in the entire city, and one of them is the university. The other thing that they have, at least when I was there, is a great frozen yogurt place. Phenomenal. So so the tough part (laughs) for me is I don't have a car. Drive all the way to Auburn. Figure it out. Figure it out. That's what I'll say. It's only about... Auburn's actually closer than uh, Alabama or... I'm sure it is. Tuscaloosa's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right. Tuscaloosa's about two hours. I think Auburn's about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, but... You know, that's that's what we did for fun. I, when I, I will make Auburn, an attempt. Is uh, that one Froyo place that's probably closed because Froyo hasn't been popular for a decade, but <laughs> it was a great time. All right, all right. For Actually, the record, there was another place. There was a there was a burger place in town that my picture is on the wall because I did a burger challenge and killed that shit. So, side note, Doug, have you ever been to a cookouts? It's a fast food cookout. Joint. No, it's a it's a pretty southern thing. I doubt he has specifically I didn't know the how southeast. Far up they went, yeah. Oh, dude, they have good food. That is okay. stupid cheap good food. I mean, I've been to the deep south several times. I've just never. That's been. why You're I was way off topic here. Look, Look you got been, some he, you got some links to read. I knew that. Was we were that. really <laughs> hoping that that was the only time you would show. We were hoping you'd be showing yeah. up right about now just to read, read the links. You <laughs> you beat it by you like. 20 minutes. 20 minutes, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have our links scrolling down below. They will be, as always, linked in the description below as uh, two. We have patreon.com slash btfootball, facebook.com slash btfootball, x.com slash btfootball, instagram.com slash bt underscore football, twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches, youtube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches, bdtfootball.com mailbox at bdtfootball.com and the discord is always linked below so three things if you're if you're watching live and you're seeing our sports scorebot uh having a stroke the packers did not score a touchdown and then get a safety they got the two-point conversion uh we're gonna go to that game when we get done here that's where we're gonna raid out to the prime video uh because Ooh. they're streaming the game on twitch now so that's awesome Nice. Uh, and last, why did the cell phone need glasses? Why? Um, it lost all its contacts. That's wonderful. Uh, all actually, right. actual last thing, though, uh, I do want to shout out that Tug was going to pick Jacksonville State, Sam Houston State, but it was. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't. Tonight. Uh, it's a touchdown game. 
in the oh, third did, quarter here. And did Jacksonville State come back? Yeah, it's twenty-one fourteen right now. And Go Cox! It's it's it might have been a great game. I'm sorry, but we <laughs> we can't be picking too many Thursday games. It's already strange. No, nah, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching and/or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game. And you can't. Win a game.